Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel. Today I'm here with Noah Khan. Hello. <laughs> so you're born in Stratford in Vermont? Yeah, so yeah. I was born and spent the first like six years of my life in a, um, a town called Stratford, just about uh, a thousand people. Um, I kind of balanced my time between New Hampshire and Vermont, but I grew up on a tree farm in Vermont. Um, oh. Yeah, so like 130 acres, a uh, really small town, uh, lots of dogs and stuff, so yeah. Kind of an idyllic Vermont childhood, mm -hmm. I guess. Was that your parents' jobs, like working on the tree farm, or was it just a hobby? Tree farm is more of like an exciting name for basically what is uh, government tax deductible. So basically, we have like <laughs> shit ton of trees. So the government comes every 20 years and like takes some of them, and then we get money basically. So it's what not kind as cool of trees? as it um, Lots of like birch trees, mm -hmm. lots of maple trees. Um, just kind of, mostly maple, honestly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool. Like, I've only I've only seen the government come in and do it once in my life, but like <laughs> there's like our property is like totally cleared out every time they do it. So yeah, Whoa, crazy. that's cool. What what are your parents' careers then? Um, my mom is an author and she works in fundraising at Dartmouth College, and my dad is a computer networking consultant. Oh, what um, what yeah. kind of books does your mom write about? My mom would write like self help books for parents. Mm -hmm. So and she would use like examples from our childhood. So she had a book called Teaching Your Kids About Sex. Mm -hmm. And she basically used like all the really embarrassing questions I asked about sex <laughs> in the book. So like my entire childhood is pretty much on display. Oh my gosh! For everyone to see. People, please find on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I, I, yeah, she uh, she tried to hide it from me for a while, but I'd read the book. And I'm pretty, uh, thinking, what, I'm pretty sure me and my brother asked this shit. Um, and then she has one called "Mom, the toilets toilets clogged," and like literally like the head illustration for the book is like a, a, a picture of a time when I stuffed my. <laughs> sister's uh, like teddy bear down the toilet and like a ton of like shit and stuff from the sewage came out and like spilled everywhere so oh my God. yeah she's really putting me on blast so mom if you're watching this don't expose me like that okay so they're both kind of academic people then yeah there's yeah. they're super brilliant um but there's all they're also incredibly creative like my dad taught me to play the guitar and my mom is an incredible author so she taught me all about writing and you know being inspired and mm -hmm. um there's always tons of music in the house so uh, really smart people um, who have a great sense of creativity, which mm -hmm. was which is really good to help facilitate me writing and learning music. And they're always supportive of kind of me trying to achieve a career in the arts. So, yeah, they're great. Was your band? Oh, is your dad in any bands? If he did guitar? No, my dad wasn't blessed with the golden singing voice. But he's he, he taught me a few chords in the guitar. Um, he just liked to play around the guitar. He's a guitar he's had for his whole life, and it's still in the house. And I started learning on that. And uh, he taught me the first time, he played my first ever show with me at a senior old folks home. Mm -hmm. um, a song called Father and Son by Cat Stevens, which is to date my favorite song. Oh. Uh, so it was cool. The first show I ever played was with my dad, which is kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you describe your personality back then growing up? Mine? Yeah. Um, I think I was like really sensitive and also like super obnoxious, which is like a really annoying combination because you're mad at me for being obnoxious then you feel bad because I'll start crying if you yell at me. Oh yeah. Um, I think like I always had a pretty good sense of humor because my parents were really funny and I had I have three siblings so I was always getting like teased and stuff so I have kind of pretty thick skin. Um, but you know we were like all like 
really funny kids. We grew up in like a funny kind of. My dad's Jewish. My whole family's Jewish, and they're always hilarious people. So we were always joking around, and yeah, I don't know. I guess class clown. <laughs> and what kind of music were your parents playing in the house when you were growing up? Um, I grew up. My mom would uh, listen to like a ton of classic rock, but also a lot of folk music. Um, she listened to guys like Paul Simon and Cat Stevens, who were re really good at kind of telling a story with very little, just guitar mm -hmm. and their vocals. Um, and to, as an author, she loved storytelling, and in turn, kind of put me onto storytelling. Guys like the Counting Crows and Ava Brothers. Um, you know, the Bright Eyes were a huge inspiration for me. That my mom would be always be playing around the house, and uh, I, I really, I, th I thank her for kind of guiding my taste in music and eventually trying to write music like those guys. Mm-hmm. Are your siblings creative as well, or are you kind of the more musical person? No, they're all like they're all well. My little brother is an amazing singer. My older sister thinks oh. she's good at singing, but is so bad. <laughs> my older brother's totally tone deaf. Um, but they're all creative in different ways. Like my older brother is really crafty and good with his hands, and he like works with metal. And my sister's a doctor, and she's a really oh, wow. studious brain. My little brother is like pretty amazing singer, and he's really artsy and cool. So yeah, there's a lot of creativity in the house for sure. Mm -hmm. And back then, you were doing a lot of like open mics and stuff. How did you get yourself out there initially to do these? Um, I think like. I would just be, I, I, the first time I ever played one, I was probably 11 years old, and I just thought it was so cool that I could go and, and play in front of people, and usually it would just be a bunch of people eating dinner, really annoyed by the fact that there was like an 11-year-old <laughs> kid with a fucking girl's voice singing Jason Mraz, but uh, I just loved it. I love performing. I like the feeling of doing it and being proud of myself, and you know, even when one person would clap, I would get like a rush. I'd be like, that's so cool that I can like, oh. I can make one person think I'm good, and that was cool, and I just kind of chased that feeling for my whole life. and. You know, there wasn't a ton of opportunity where I grew up just yeah. how small it is, but you know, I was playing almost every single night of the week. Do you uh, still have videos of video? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was really bad. I actually looked back and I thought, I used to think I was like really good. I was like, oh man, I killed that open mic and I sounded terrible. So I sometimes look over the videos and I'm like this little kid and the guitar is like way too big for me. Like, and it's just super funny. I'm just sitting there singing like Jason Mraz or sometimes I sing Green Day and like the super depressing ass songs. And I'd be like a little <laughs> kid with a squeaky voice singing it. So funny, yeah. But back then you were also already writing your own original music, right? You didn't perform those? Um, sometimes I started performing my own songs when I was around 13 because when I was, so I started writing when I was eight. Um, and I performed my first ever, like my first ever original song at a talent show at my, at my elementary school and it was called Wednesdays are the worst days of my life. <laughs> and I didn't have a guitar. I just, sang, I just sang an acapella in front of the entire school, like 500 people. And it was so depressing that the next day, I had to get mandatory therapy from the school guidance counselor. What? They're like, "What the fuck was that song you sang yesterday?" Well, yeah, but it was like super depressing, <laughs> oh. and like I still can't remember what I didn't like about Wednesdays. But like, I want to go back <laughs> into my brain back then and be like, "What was I? What was wrong with me?" What's wrong with Wednesdays? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Did he like high school though? Um, I think it was tough because I never really had much of a much of a direction or passion, mm -hmm. and I was always bored, so I was kind of getting myself into trouble. And I don't know. I was trying to. I was never really very committed to studies and like paying attention in class because I knew I wanted to be a musician. Um, but I think looking back, a lot of the classes I did take were helpful for me. Um, I went to Costa Rica in high school for a year. I learned Spanish, which was really cool, oh, wow. um, which has been amazing, knowing another language. And a lot of the creative writing courses I took kind of helped me out in my future career as a songwriter. Mm -hmm. So you kind of knew from the onset that you wanted to make music your career. Where do you think you got this? I guess confidence from because from Stratford there's only like a thousand people, like how many people are able to make music their career? I don't know. I got, I, I just got like super lucky in a lot of ways. I mean, I had, my entire life I never had a backup plan. I was never like, 
I didn't know what else I would do. I didn't really thought about it. I was kind of like, I'll just end up being a musician somehow. And now kind of being in the industry, you see how unlikely that is for a lot of people, mm -hmm. to, just regardless of talent, uh, just because of how many people are trying to make music and how many people want to be musicians. So yeah. I never really thought of a backup plan. I was, I was kind of just like mindlessly or blindly hoping I would end up having to be successful. And um, I don't know. I just had a story. I had some songs I thought were good and I put them online and uh, kind of miraculously got uh, hooked up with a really amazing manager who yeah actually how it was from your like friends back then that introduced you to your manager right or well but no so basically like I would write songs in high school and then I'd bring them to my friends who were like EDM producers um, and they would like produce the songs high school friends or? yeah friends from high school yeah. and people in town and, um, they would produce the songs and uh, and then I put them online I put them on SoundCloud I didn't really advertise them very much um, I kind of just put them up there and like somehow a manager just stumbled upon my music on SoundCloud and reached out to me and kind of this, my life started to change and yeah. started to get a career. What did your parents think of you wanting to do music and not really having a backup plan? They were like, as long as we don't have to pay for college, go for it. <laughs> like, yeah, I got, there was, like, within one week I had to decide whether or not I wanted... Like Tulane? A record deal or oh, to go to Tulane. Yeah. Um, and you usually expect your parents to be like, no, like you have to go to college, get an education. Uh, my parents were like, "Fuck that! We don't want to pay sixty-three thousand oh, yeah. dollars a year, so you should take the record deal." So they were very supportive, and they've always been—they've always been really supportive. They know oh, this is what I want to do, and I'm just really not good at anything else. Um, so it's kind of cool. They've—they've they've, they've always been supportive of me. Mm -hmm. So actually, after you meet, met your manager, how did that transition to the record deal? Um, basically, um, he brought me to LA to cut some demos and to write into kind of like try to really get a song produced in a real, like, really nice home At studio. 17? I was 17, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is crazy and super, like, in intimidating working with these people and they have all their, like, records up on the oh, wall. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Why shit. Them? So uh, we did that and then I went to New York and, like, played for a couple labels and I played for Republic Records and, like, two hours later they had offered me a record deal. So it all happened really quickly. Yeah, How it was much crazy. How music did you have out by that point? I had three songs out. Uh, yeah, three songs out. I played, I had two songs to play at the audition for Republic and uh, and they gave me the deal, so what they really they? took a risk on me, my god. <laughs> uh, it was a song called Sync that got a lot of the attention. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just crazy, I don't know, it was crazy. I put it on SoundCloud and like no one really was listening to it. Then one day, like I was getting thousands and thousands of plays and um, that's kind of the song that Republic Records signed me off of, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Were you also pushing your music with blogs, or how did people find you initially? I wasn't pushing my music at all. I literally oh, so. would, I would post it on my personal Facebook page. I had like 400 friends on Facebook, and people in my town would listen to it sometimes, but that was, that was it. I really didn't do any online marketing, um, just because I didn't know how, and I didn't understand what the reality was that you have to market your own music. Yeah, so I wasn't doing a lot of marketing, I was mostly just putting my music out there and letting it react the way it wanted to react and um, kind of miraculously got picked up by somebody in a position of influence and uh, ser uh, serendipitously uh, started being shared and um, landed me with the right people. Mm -hmm. And did any other record labels give you a deal or was it Republic back then? Uh, it was just Republic. So I went, I went to a couple labels. I don't remember the specific labels but they were all kind of like it's too early. Yeah. We don't know. Um, there's a lot of people that we're trying to do the acoustic singer-songwriter thing, and so I didn't really get a chance from other people, but Republic were amazing and believed in what I was doing and mm -hmm. gave me a chance, so I'm forever grateful for it. Actually, looking back, were you kind of 
I don't want to say afraid, but because you didn't even have much out, they could kind of like mold you, put decide songs on your behalf, especially at 17. Did that cross your mind? Looking back now, I think I think about how naive I was about the music industry and about what record labels are looking for. Mm -hmm. um, but back in the back in the moment, I just I was just so excited by everything. I was happy to do, you know, whatever they thought was right. And um, now that I've, I've kind of realized that they actually treated me really well and they yeah. gave me every, every opportunity to create my own sound. And I I should have been afraid of that, but it ended up being so so great and working out so well that you know it never happened. Mm -hmm. And then how long after did you meet uh, Lord's producer? Um, so I met Joe Little um, in LA when I was kind of starting to do the writing, songwriting with writers out in LA and they're, I was kind of getting sessions with some of the more like prominent songwriters out in LA and he was one of the ones that you know had a lot of hype about and he was, he'd done Lord stuff and he's done the Khalid stuff and he's just such a, you know, he's such a huge talented songwriter and I was super nervous and I went to his house and he was like the coolest dude in the world, like he, we were just chilling, like drinking a beer at his house, having some coffee, and he was like such a personable, funny, down-to-earth dude from New Zealand. So we ended up becoming like really close personally, and then he, uh, he liked my music, and kind of the rest is history. Yeah. He's done all my songs, and we've written together, and he's a good friend, so it's kind of awesome. Actually, what was it like, like going from writing all your songs alone and then being in these sessions, like sharing kind of vulnerable lyrics that you've been to? Was it been through? Was it difficult? Um, or? It is hard. It's hard because you have to like bare your soul to somebody, mm -hmm. like right as you get into the room with them, and you don't always know them, and they can sometimes be in like this huge mansion, and you feel intimidated and weird, or sometimes it's in a weird part of town or a city you're not used to. So it can be strange. But um, I found that a lot of songwriters, all they want, all they're they're waiting for you to show them who you yeah. are, and they want you to trust them, and they care about you, and and they want to, you to expose yourself to them so that you can write the song that's as honest as possible. And all the great songwriters are willing to hear you and listen to you. Um, and a lot of them sympathize with you because they've been through similar things. And then how did you meet um, Julia Michaels? Um, so I'm, I met Julia at a like Napa Valley, like playing for a bunch of radio people kind of thing where you basically play like a little show for a bunch of people who you want to play your song on the radio. Um, and she was there and uh, then she reached out after I released Hurt Somebody as a single and she wanted to cut a vocal on Hurt Somebody because she loved the song. Um, and so the rest is kind of history. She cut the vocal, beautiful vocal, and ended up kind of transcending my career a little bit with her feature on the song. So yeah. I'm very grateful for what she did for me and um, kind of the immense attraction people had to the duet we had in the song. What was your reaction when you heard that you were going to perform on TV? I was like super duper scared. I think the first thing I said was, like, I'm not doing that shit. Like, I was <laughs> like, I don't want to. It's too scary. Like. It's just crazy pressure, and like I watched that show. I watched the Colbert show all the time, so I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, but it's kind of like a landmark for a lot of artists, I think. And mm -hmm. it's when I kind of knew that like things were going so well, and I was mostly just like excited. I immediately started like mentally preparing for it. Um, it was crazy. I remember the call, and usually my manager calls with some good no news, and he'll be like, "Your song's streaming really well in like Vietnam," and I'm like, "Okay, thank you so much, bye." <laughs> but he was like, "I've got some good news." I'm like, "All right, what?" He's like, "You're gonna be on Colbert on whatever March 7th," and I was like, "Holy shit!" So I freaked out. It was super, super dope. Mm -hmm. And what's your inspiration behind Mess? Um, I wrote Mess uh, kind of at a really overwhelming time in my life when I was struggling with the aspects of being on the road and being away from my family and my friends and my dogs. And um, I felt like the semblance of real life experiences that I was having uh, were kind of waning. And I wanted to write a song about how I felt in that moment um, and about how the grass is always greener on the other side. And uh, I wrote it in LA. 
um, and kind of just as a well, way to be therapeutic for myself and it ended up actually turning into a pretty cool song and you know we cut it and I went to the label loved it and I was lucky enough to be able to release a song that means a lot to me personally so that's always kind of a victory as a songwriter. Mm -hmm. And where actually where are you based now? I still I live in Vermont back home because oh. um, I'm on tour all the time and I can't afford to live anywhere I mean I, I can afford to live somewhere else but you won't like, ever be there. I'm never fucking there. So yeah. I'm like, I had, I had a place in Nashville and I was there like a month out of the year and I was spending like $1,900 a month to live there and it just ended up being like, why the fuck am I wasting all this money? Um, and believe it or not, despite this corduroy jacket, I don't make any fucking money. So I needed to live, I live at home. And it's kind of cool. I got to go from like this crazy torch like vibe to um, being at home in like a really peaceful small town with my folks and my dogs. and. People who I grew up with, so I love yeah. it. I love Actually, it. does everyone? I guess everyone in your town like kind of knows who you are and follows everything, your career and everything. Yeah, my town's like incredibly supportive of me. Um, they always have been, and they're also cool. They're also happy for me, and I just am so grateful for the support they've given me over the past few years and over my whole life. But especially now with the kind of craziness of my lifestyle, it's cool to come home and have people be thrilled for me about what I'm doing. Yeah, I love that. Actually, what are the inspirations for your music videos? I feel like they have some uh, yeah, really there's, cool storylines. Right, I, th I think what's important in the kind of music I make, where a lot of it's like kind of sad sounding, um, not to take myself super seriously in the way I present myself as an artist, and the music videos is a great opportunity to show a side of my personality that I think doesn't get always get across in music. I think that there's a lot of humor to be had, and. Um, I like to do something funny. I think like for a song like Hurt Somebody, I like to take it super literally. Like I'm literally hurt in that video. Like I'm lying on the staircase mm -hmm. or just crashing my bike or a song like False Confidence. Um, I was, the story behind that song was me feeling like I had to be somebody else all the time. So I literally wanted to dress up like different people. And then Mess, the song is actually just about me missing my fucking dogs. So we hired like 11 trained dogs and we did a video with the dogs. So I think that's cool just to, you know, just to be a little humorous with it. and. I don't know, I love shooting my videos because they're never actually sad, like the songs, which is kind of cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you've always had anxiety and depression, right? Since you were young, or was it just more recently? Um, I've, always, I've always struggled with it. I think that um, the nature of the life I live and the unpredictability and kind of randomness of it um, has increased or furthered the symptoms of the anxiety and the depression. Um, so it's something I'm kind of struggling with more in the lifestyle I live, but I'm also able to be public about it and, mm -hmm. and in doing that, come to terms with it a little more and be honest with myself about it, which mm -hmm. I think is important with mental illness and uh, as the stigma reduces in society, like people are able to deal with their symptoms, so yeah. How do you deal with it now and advice for other people who are going through the same thing? Um, I, I see a therapist. Mm -hmm. I do meditation. I, for me, exercising is so important. Yeah. Um, and for me, I've really taken refuge in songwriting and um, just trying to understand myself through the lens of, of songs. It's very cathartic and, and therapeutic for me. And um, I think if you're struggling with depression and anxiety, being willing to admit to yourself that you need help is important. I think mm -hmm. it's really hard to admit that something happening in your brain that's not necessarily visible or physical is real, um, but it is real. So you gotta admit, your, admit it to yourself, you gotta reach out to those around you, and um, not be afraid to get help. Yeah, so true. How do you say your music has changed compared to the early, early songs you made? <laughs> I think I was struggling to find my voice mm -hmm. and what I really wanted to say. When I first started making music, I was kind of trying to sound like what I thought I liked, mm -hmm. and now I have a real 
story to tell and I have a real passion for honesty and, and explaining my situation and uh, kind of dealing with the intricacies of anxiety and depression and making that the focus of my music. How do you say you've grown as a person compared to when you were younger? I think I've definitely matured about in terms of the way I uh, treat myself and and the way I see the world. I think that I haven't I didn't get much of a chance to see all these different cities and countries and when I was younger and now that I've gotten to see the world I've got a better perspective on things. I'm able to be more knowledgeable about culture and just about the world in general. Outside of anxiety and depression, what do you say have been your biggest challenges in life? Um, I think I think the biggest challenge has been kind of navigating the world I'm in now mm -hmm. as a songwriter and as an artist. It's a, there's a lot of stress and a lot of struggle and a lot of trying to put pressure on yourself. And um, I think living up to some of that pressure has been a struggle for me and, mm -hmm. and kind of internalizing it and dealing with it has been hard. Um, but you know, every day I get, a, I get a chance to challenge myself and overcome something. So yeah, uh, yeah there's an opportunity for me to, to overcome. What does love mean to you? Love to me is a feeling that is self-affirming. So you don't need to ask yourself if you're in love, you can feel it. I think if you're in love with something or someone or, or, a, or an animal or a pet or you know a place, you just know it in your heart and it's in your subconscious and uh, you never have to question it. Mm -hmm. Last question, what do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered as somebody who made music that made a difference to people. Uh, I think it's so easy just to get caught up in trying to sound a certain way or trying to say something that's going to give you popularity and I think that uh, my goal is to make music that's going to inspire and change people's feelings. Yeah, I love this. This is awesome. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.